0: Welcome to the Amphenol Frontline Podcast, where we share success stories and best practices of Amphenol management throughout the corporation. This episode features Adam Norwood, our President and CEO, as we discuss many topics related to the COVID-19 outbreak. We talk about the initial response in China and how the amazing leadership team there helped lead the way. We talk about balancing the entrepreneur. We talk about balancing the entrepreneurial management style of Amphenol with the need for high-level corporate leadership at a time like this. We talk about some of the great success stories at our divisions, and we talk about what the new normal may look like once this is over, as together we combat the coronavirus pandemic around the world. So first, Adam, thank you very much for doing this. I know that you know over the last four weeks, working from home, this has been very boring for you. You really have nothing to do, so... You know, you reached out to me and said, look, I'm bored to death. I I want to talk to some people. So, you know, if you could record a podcast episode with me, that'd be great because I miss everybody.
1: It, well, Chris, the, I mean, this is exactly right. It, there's been nothing going on. I mean, you know, I, I think to myself one thing. Imagine if you went like on a backpacking trip yeah. three weeks ago with no access to media, no iPhone, nothing, and you went on like a big camping trip. Maybe you were hiking part of the Appalachian Trail, or you were, you know, going on Everest or something like that. And you come off the mountain into what we are living today. Just imagine that.
0: Right. I mean, <laughs>
1: you and I, I use the term, you know. Well, we were kind of slow boiled into this, but it was kind of a fast boil. Right. Uh, but I just think about that person just coming you know, off the mountain with no information into the environment where we are today and thinking, my goodness, this is nuts.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is pretty, (laughs) it's pretty crazy, but we're doing our best to survive. That's for sure. So first, how, how are things with you and your family right now in this situation?
1: Well, well, I I appreciate it. I was, you stole my thunder, Chris, because I was going to ask the same of you Mm -hmm. and I'm going to pull rank and I'm going (laughs) to first ask you. How is your family? Because I know you've got a wonderful family with also some little ones um, who are probably cooped up in the house. So how are they yeah. all
0: doing? They're doing well. Um, Taylor, as you know, who who works for Amphenol uh, with a two and a half year old at home, has has uh, enjoyed it, uh, so to speak, as far as uh, being home all the time to to raise a toddler like that. But he's been great. He's been a trooper. Um, my other daughter Chelsea, who is a new RN uh, and works in maternity in a maternity ward in a Binghamton hospital. Um, I cannot you know give her enough credit for everything that she does and putting herself um, really on the, on the front lines of this battle each and every day and treating it like a trooper that she is. Um, I could not be prouder of her. And then of course, I have a 17 year old son, Dylan, who's at home. Uh, junior in high school who's going a little stir crazy um, and even finally said to me the other day, you know, I think I'm kind of getting sick of playing video games, which, you know, which I almost brought a tear to my eye, him because I never thought I would hear that from him. <laughs> but he, he really is, misses he baseball. Yeah. He, and all he that is stuff.
1: obviously not a Norwich because my son <laughs> is far from sick of video games right now. Yeah. Um, no, that's Look, Chelsea, your daughter, who, as you said, is is a is a newly minted uh, nurse. I can't express enough my appreciation for what she and her colleagues are, are doing. I have friends also who are in healthcare, both doctors and nurses, and it it, it reminds me, you know, you you were in the military, Chris, mm-hmm. and I think we. Are having a generation here of people who are going to have military-like experience, right. meaning they are every day kind of going off to battle, putting themselves in harm's way, and they're doing it with the same selflessness and commitment and patriotism and pride that soldiers would have done at the time of of a war. And I don't think it's, it's all belittling. The, the soldiers and what they sacrificed to, to ascribe that same feeling to the healthcare professionals of today. Right. It, it is, for me, just extraordinary to see it. I have a neighbor who is a nurse. I have close friends. And we, we have, around the company, many people who have family and friends who are healthcare professionals. And, I mean, the, these are just the true heroes of, of our era. And and it almost you know gets you choked up. Right. Thinking about what it is. And I don't even have a blood relative. you got a daughter who, you know, you yeah. used to bounce her on your knee and now <laughs> yeah. she's going off to battle every day. And it's extraordinary. And you should pass to her all of our appreciation and and just uh, pride in what she does.
0: I will. I will do that and pass it on to you know her and my wife and everyone. Uh, I appreciate that a lot. I actually had a friend, uh, uh, a Navy buddy the other day I was talking to him. Uh, he actually is a... He's a fireman in New York City and said, you know, after this is all over, they should have a parade down your canyon of heroes for all the healthcare professionals of this country. Um, And I thought, you know, that's a great idea. I think that'd be a fantastic idea.
1: It's a phenomenal idea. And I think, you know, I'm sure we'll get into this this moment and what it means to all of us at some point in, in this discussion, Chris, but the seeing just how people are rising to the occasion Mm -hmm. and you know i could tell you so many stories around our company but just the general feeling of how people in this world are rising to the occasion around the world i mean cheering for doctors at 8 p.m what they do every in spain and Mm -hmm. in italy every night in france they're doing this as well i mean when when firemen go down the street even the recognition of teachers I mean, you, you, I'm sure you, ha- you know teachers. You're, I think your wife is right. actually a, a, an art teacher. Right. And it, how teachers are adapting to this. And it would be so easy for a teacher to just say, I mean, what am I going to do? I can't teach a third grader on, on, a, on a video call or something like this. I got my own kids that I'm trying to teach at home. Mm -hmm. I have a spouse who is probably working. We're in a small place and trying to balance all that. Yet here I still have the 30 kids at the end of a Zoom call. And the commitment that they are all making at this time to me is something that is just uh, just remarkable. It is really remarkable. I mean, you asked about my family, so I will come back to the answer. Yes, Um, yes. My family is very good. And, uh, you know, I am really lucky in everything in life. I have been lucky and I've been very fortunate to have just an outstanding family. And, you know, my 16 year old daughter is adjusting to school on a computer. Um, She's also adjusting to friends on a computer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's hard. She's she likes her friends and she has even a boyfriend. And now she'll kill me for having said that to thousands (laughs) of people. Um, but it, it is, you know, that's that's an adjustment. And you know, my son, who is in college, he's now in college, but in our basement. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has a girlfriend who has also, you know, happened to be with us, and she's stuck with us. Yeah. Um, my brother, who is is 14 years younger than I, but who who lives in San Diego, he happened to be here and decided to stay. And uh, we even have a friend who happened to be with us, and he st- decided to stay. So we we are every night, you know, rotating who cooks dinner, and we do a shopping trip, you know, once a week or so, and mm-hmm. stock up. I've never seen the fridge and freezer so full. <laughs> and uh, there there are these moments where you say, one day I'm going to look back on this with fondness, not with yeah. regret. Yeah. And and I think those those are good things. So, you know, this morning I woke up and my wife and I took a three and a half mile walk at six in the morning and we saw the sunrise. And I have to say, it was one of the most beautiful sunrises I've ever seen. And, you know, that that's just a, a very special moment. And I think we'll take away from this some of those special moments and, and they will sit with us forever.
0: Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I, it, after, we certainly cannot discount the, the pain and suffering that, that so many people have gone through, are going through, and and may go through here in the future. Um, And and I certainly do not want to discount that at all. Um, But there are, I think, some good things that will come out of this. Once we are done with this, a certain appreciation for how we do business, how we communicate with one another, you know, all those things. I think if we can have those lessons learned, not just from a business perspective for Amphenol, but just for your life.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I mean, we will all learn a lot from this that will change us for for the good forever. You mentioned, I mean, there are people for whom this has been tough. And I, I did want to acknowledge, I mean, we have around the company a number of people who have tested positive for mm-hmm. the COVID-19 virus. I've spoken to a good number of those Um, I have close friends, very, very close friends who have fought pretty serious versions of the virus. It's tough. It's really tough. And I can't say enough of best wishes to all of those who have family members or, or, or friends or themselves who have been stricken by this virus. And, you know, it is really the there are tragedies and we have been touched by those tragedies in our company. Mm -hmm. We have one employee whose spouse was lost to the virus. Um, we have another employee who I just communicated with last night who lost a dear uncle Mm. to the virus. And you know, there, there's just deep, deep levels of, of sadness in that time. Um, you know, one of our competitors, um, the CEO of one of our competitors lost his son mm. two weeks ago, two oh, yeah. weeks ago today. And I'm close friends with him. And to imagine the sorrow of losing one's 18 year old son at, at a time when there is so much going on you know around you and you know trying to run a company, I can't imagine that that degree of sorrow that he has dealt with.
0: Right. And, you know, even
1: if he is a competitor and, you know, I want to win every business from him, you know, it's something you wouldn't wish on your worst, your worst enemy to have to deal with that tragic loss. Um, And again, not it was not necessarily I don't believe it was related to the coronavirus. But anyways, it was incidental to it happened at the time and i'm sure we have so many of our 73,000 employees around the world who have had passings of family members i know two of our general managers whose parents passed away and they didn't get to see them
0: mm, yeah
1: they one of them they were on a different continent and they they couldn't go and bid their last goodbyes to to their mother and you know another one you know they and neither could they have a funeral an appropriate passing and all of those ceremonies which are more than ceremonies they're deep ways for humans to get closure on things and those are missing right now right and you know so th- that is tough and i think a lot of our people that's been tough on them as well and you know there, there's n- not much you can say except that this too shall pass
0: right yeah it's... And, and i think so
1: so it is it's an interesting mix as you said you know you get to spend Taylor, your daughter, she gets to spend this wonderful time with her two-and-a-half-year-old. I get to spend this extraordinary time with my son. Even if he's not talking, he's playing a video game. <laughs> you get that that sort of proximity that you didn't have before. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there are these just deep tragedies that are happening around us, and that, that's hard to reckon with, that, that dichotomy. Yeah, it,
0: it certainly is, um, and it's something we'll you know be thinking about for quite some time. Let me just back up for a little bit, Um, back to late last year in December when this outbreak first started in China. And obviously we have a number of facilities that are in China, and so they were the first ones that were really affected. When did you get a sense that not only was this going to be a big deal, so to speak, in China, but it was going to spread around the world very quickly. When did you first kind of get that sense like oh boy this is we better start preparing for this?
1: It January 23rd.
0: Okay. January
1: 23rd was the real date where it became extremely serious. And what what happened on January 23rd was the lockdown of Wuhan, China. Okay. So, we knew about it. We had been hearing in China a lot of stories about well there is this kind of outbreak, but Yeah, look, we've we've seen these before H1N1, Mm -hmm. the MERS, uh, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. There was there was the swine flu, you'll recall, and then all the way back to SARS, where I lived in Hong Kong in 2003 during the SARS outbreak. And so we've had a number of these. But to. On January 23rd, which incidentally was the day after our earnings release. <laughs> so we had our earnings release on the 22nd of January and within 24 hours, it just all blew up. Right. Um, and, you know, which ultimately resulted in us having to pre-announce that we weren't going to make our guidance for the quarter. But that's, you know, a totally separate topic that on the 23rd, they locked down Wuhan, China. Now. A lot of people around the world before this happened had never heard of Wuhan, China. Now, be honest. Before January 23rd, had you ever heard of Wuhan, China, Chris? No. No. You're an honest man. That's (laughs) why I like you. And you and 95% of the world had not heard of this place, Wuhan, China. I mean, Wuhan, by the way, is a city bigger than Chicago. It's got 12 million people. It's also a big industrial center. It is in many ways like the Chicago of China. It Mm -hmm. sits kind of in the middle. All the railroads run through Wuhan. Enormous industries are there, biotech industries, the fiber optics industry. The worldwide fiber optics industry, the highest concentration of optical components is in Wuhan, China. Ironically, one of the second centers of fiber optics is Milan, Italy. And I don't think that's unrelated personally. Um, and so when that happened on the 23rd, I think those of us who have spent a lot of time in China know, wait a second, you're locking down a city of 12 million people, locking down, meaning no in and no out. Mm-hmm. Like if you just happened to be passing through and you were there on the 23rd of China, you just got out yesterday. And yeah, I mean yesterday, yeah. like Wednesday, April what, 8th. Eighth, yeah. Wednesday, April 8th was the first day you got out after January 23rd and locking down like military trucks right at the border kind of stuff. And that's a big, big deal. Like it must have been a big deal yeah. to do that measure. And then obviously thereafter, China locked down and we shut everything down for Chinese New Year plus two weeks thereafter. But at the time of that lockdown is when we knew something was going on of real significance. Yeah. And, and to stop something when it's already reached that level is not an easy thing to do.
0: Um,
1: I think in our company, you know, I, I can't tell you how proud I am of our team in China, how they reacted to this, mm-hmm. because China, different from what we've seen in other countries, just literally shut everything down. Every factory in Amphenol, 33,000 people, with one exception, we had one factory, FCI in Dongguan, was for... a a weird reason was able to stay open Hmm. and otherwise 50 factories closed thirty-three thousand people at home how do you restart that right it's an extraordinary uh, initiative every government putting different requirements on on what do you do to restart you have to have enough masks in stock for two weeks with each person having a mask you know three a day kind of things it was an extraordinary extraordinary effort and you know, starting with Dave Silverman, our head of HR, Ewen Zhang, who's our head of China HR, our leadership team in China, all of our general managers, you know, people like Richard Gu, Gary Ann, Sally In, Alan Young, Leon Zhang. I mean, I could list, you know, a thousand or, or 50, all 50 of them. And they just did an extraordinary job, ultimately resulting in no, not one of our employees in China got sick from coronavirus. Yeah. And, By the way, you know, that was our priority from day one. We said we have to protect the health of our people, period. Right. And because China took that strong action and shut it all down. And because there were very clear guidelines of what you do, requirements, laws.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think they have been very successful in limiting the spread. And we were successful in, in, in our country as well. By the end of February, all of our people were back to work. Today we have more people in China than we had before Chinese New Year, and our team just did an amazing, amazing job, which I, I just can't express enough my gratitude for.
0: I had the opportunity to talk with Gary on briefly. Um, yeah. We just did a, a, a separate episode, as as you may know, um, and just listening to his story, both. From an Amphenol perspective and a personal perspective, and the trials and tribulations that he had to go through personally, yeah. it was nothing short of amazing. Um, it was it was really a, a, an unbelievable effort by you know, Gary and the rest of the team in China, as you say, and then to be back now, and the the measures that they have taken in order to protect their people since then has been just incredible,
1: amazing. I agree. I agree.
0: Then the You know, it it basically starts to spread here to the U.S. and to Europe and and so on and so forth, um, where it's now every Amphenol business has to account for this basically every minute of every day now. So for a company like Amphenol, then, that is typically very decentralized, where the general managers make so many of the key decisions about their business how have you made sure everyone has all the necessary information and you and everyone else at corporate and the resources available while still maintaining that entrepreneurship that's so vital to the success of Amphenol?
1: This is just an outstanding question, Chris. And this has been the part of this whole odyssey that we've been on for the last, you know, whatever, 75, 80 days here. The most impressive part for me. We are, as you correctly state, a decentralized entrepreneurial company. We have 123 general managers around the world. They run their businesses. They report into the seven operating groups that report to me. Really, it's eleven operating groups because we have some groups within the groups. And you know, those groups, you know, are are themselves, you know, self-contained mm-hmm. businesses where they you know do things in a certain way and not every group does things the same way and they tailor make how they operate to the to best increase their chance of success in the market that they that they serve and that's the beauty of Amphenol. that's why we've always been so successful over such a long time period in, in a time of crisis though there is a requirement for some things to be done together right and To some things to even be dictated from Mm -hmm. above, like we must do this. Um, We must now all wear a mask when we are, if we have to go to work, we must prioritize the health of our people more than even the whether we make our number. I mean, I told everybody from the beginning, I don't care if you make your numbers. It's the only time I hope you ever hear me say that, (laughs) 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 but I don't care. What I care about is that you prioritize the health of your people and you do that because it's the right thing to do because these are our people. We, we owe them that, but by the way, it's also really good business because if you start to have that virus spread around the company, that, that is just destroys the company as well. By the way, we've had competitors who've had to totally shut down Mm -hmm. because that virus spread in, into their company and created grave impacts. So balancing that traditional Amphenolian entrepreneurial mindset, that Mm -hmm. culture of entrepreneurship with the need and the imperative that in a time like this, there are some things we have to do as one has been extraordinary. Yeah. I think people are so receptive to that. I have seen so much more internal communication, which, you know, we are driving as well. Mm -hmm. I'm having for the first time ever, twice a tw- once every two week webcast. i'm having zoom meetings all the time twice <laughs> a week i have a Zoom meeting with our with our executive team you know every day i do one with our headquarters team i have board meetings once a week right now yeah i mean totally different way of working we used to have a board meeting every three months now i do it every friday morning at, at, at eight o'clock <laughs> and the, the changing the rhythm and having certain things that are just must-dos, like we will do this, mm-hmm. has been incredible. The other thing that I've been so impressed with is when there are needs that we need to work on together. And I'll give the example here, which is the manufacturing of ventilators. Mm-hmm. Right. Our team is working as if it were a centralized one amphenol with a functional organization. It's extraordinary. It's just extraordinary, you know, people from different groups working together to solve the problem of the day. And that balance between maintaining that culture of Amphenolian entrepreneurship while also doing things together as a single global entity Mm -hmm. has been an extraordinary reflection of the adaptability, the agility, all the things that make this company special. And look, we're not out of the woods. Right. So there will be more things where I'm going to say, hey, guys, we're all going to do this. And that's the decision. Yeah. No, you're. And that's not the normal way, but right. we will do that still once in a while.
0: Yeah. I, that's certainly something that's become readily apparent as we go through this is is how quickly things change and you and i are talking and it's you know 11 o'clock on thursday april 9th and by the time this comes out publicly tomorrow on april 10th everything could have completely changed but this will just be a a record of time (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that's for
1: sure that's for sure
0: can you share some of the success stories the the innovative stories, um, the the truly inspiring stories from around Amphenol, just a couple examples that you've heard of over the past few weeks of, you know, people coming up with their own cleaning solutions and, and uh, protective gear and, and those types of things. Can you share a couple of those stories with some people or with yeah, the people?
1: Yeah, I mean, there, there are so many. And so I, I almost hesitate because there are too many to share in this. And by not sharing, you know, I don't want right. anybody who I don't talk <laughs> Get offended. about to feel yeah. bad. Yeah. But I'll give a couple examples. I mean, you know that, you know, our team in Sydney, where you work early on, figured out how to make disinfectant solution themselves right. in the plating shop. And, you know, this is not our first rodeo dealing with the crisis in Sydney. I mean, we've no had stop. two floods, we've yeah. had DLA stop ships. I mean, you yeah. name it. Yes. You know, whatever. Whatever you know, we get thrown gets thrown at us. We manage with. I mean, I think uh, Ryan Fisher, the general manager, likes to say that you know, if there were ever you know a nuclear war and the cockroaches would be there, we'd be standing right next to the cockroaches (laughs) instead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And uh, they figured out very quickly how to make disinfectant, which you know becomes a really really critical thing because you know you got to step back for a second. We have some people like you and I. And I, you know, Chris and I are on a Zoom call while we're doing this, Mm -hmm. who who get the luxury to work at home. And we have other people in the company. I say it's a luxury. I mean, it's not that fun. I'll be honest. I would much rather be in my office. I agree. But but my job can be done at home. Mm -hmm. I got a whole array of computer monitors and speaker phones and all this other stuff going on here. But I can do this job at home, the job of CEO of Amphenol. We have other people in the company who cannot. Mm -hmm. They touch the product. They use the equipment. Their job cannot be done at their house. It's our job to make sure that their job can be done safely. And what does that mean? It means cleaning the heck out of every place we are. You need disinfectant solution. It means equipping them with the right personal protective equipment, or PPE, as people call it. It's it means changing how shift structures are. It means spacing people out using all the social distancing that that is there. It it means cycling people differently, relaying out the factory. I mean, you name it. I mean, checking people's temperature, checking whether people have been sick, you know, controlling entry, excluding visitors, doing all those things. Right. Those are really, really important things. And we're going to keep every day trying to improve what we do, relentlessly improving how we protect those people who can only do their jobs at their site, at their work sites. So creating disinfectant, you know, having our plating team do that. I mean, this is an extraordinary thing. We shared the recipe with all the plating factories worldwide in Amphenol so that everybody knows how to do it. Yeah. You know that the availability of masks and face coverings um, are, are is very difficult and has been very difficult. Our operation, Hangzhou Phoenix in China, Without talking to anybody in the most entrepreneurial way, they started developing two months ago a machine to make masks in-house. And they're excellent at automation, the best I've ever seen at developing automated equipment. And rather than an automated machine for a connector, antenna, or, or a hinge, they decided to make it for for making surgical masks. They also took the opportunity to buy one metric ton of mask material like two months ago when <laughs> yeah. it was available and that machine started last week and it's extraordinary it makes you know 100,000 masks a day it's, it's just amazing and I've seen the videos of that and talked to the people who did that I mean it's just so inspirational the ingenuity and we have engineers just who volunteered themselves if there's something they can do to help our team I mentioned earlier we're working with something like 100 companies around the world who are trying to build And design ventilators right it started really with our with our pressure sensor business Um, you know we have a wonderful pressure sensor business under Pete Straub who's our group general manager for sensor technology Um, guys like Mark Ross the general manager of Novus sensor Dale Dauenhauer the general manager of all sensors those are our two big pressure sensor businesses I mean they have been just inundated with demand from customers to help enable these next generation of uh, pressure sensors or, or, or ventilators. And then we're taking those discrete opportunities and then spreading that to all the other ways that we at Amphenol can help the medical equipment manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Connectors, cable assemblies, printed circuit boards, um, value-add assemblies, printed circuit board you know, pick-and-place assemblies, SMT I mean, we're we're working on so many different things. And, you know, Eric Height, who who works for Pete in business development, Eric is kind of spearheading that total Amphenol collaborative approach towards the ventilator market so that we can contribute as as best we have. We also have a number of examples, Chris, where we are supporting our communities by donating PPE. Um, yeah. We started in Wuhan back in February, donating significantly to the wuhan recovery efforts and we've done that in in many of the communities around the world and for anybody listening you know if there's anybody in your community and your family who is short of ppe you know you should contact dave silverman at our headquarters he's our senior vp of hr and we'll make sure that they get outfitted and a lot of family members we've sent masks to family members of employees Mm -hmm. and everything possible to keep those people safe
0: no that's That's great. And, and, you know, I know from a, you kind of stole my thunder there as I was going to ask you about anything that we've also done for the community. And, you know, we've already talked about the healthcare um, workers and what they do and how important that is. It's almost impossible, of course, to ask you what you think is next with this situation, because it's such a moving target. But once this is all over, and from a business perspective, life is back to normal and our factories return to their levels pre-COVID-19, what do you think or what do you hope we'll have learned from all this? Well,
1: I mean, there's a premise in your question, Chris, before I talk about what we've learned, which is back to normal. And I believe we will go back to a new normal after the. And I believe that new normal will be a stronger ethanol because of this, that we as a company have once again are in the midst of demonstrating the resilience of this organization, the ingenuity of this organization, the agility of this organization, the passion, the strength, the pride. I mean, I could list so many traits, sure. which, which sort of comes so strongly to the surface in a time of crisis, especially an unprecedented crisis like we're living through here today, and you know what? What does that world look like when this is over? And it will look. It's mm-hmm. going to come. There will be a beginning, a middle, and an end to this story. But it doesn't mean that once you get to the end, that the world will look like it looked before the beginning. Right. The sure. world will be a different place. There will be different priorities. You, you, you alluded to that yourself. You know, how you think about family, how you think about, you know, your role in the world and, and community and, and charity. I think this is opening up a whole new world in people's minds. That, and that stuff, I think, is going to stay around for the good going forward. Obviously, we're going to have a different sense of hygiene and, yeah. you know, the importance of washing our hands. And I'm washing my hands so much. Right. You know, my wife forces me to put this lotion on my hands and I, my hands still look like a <laughs> desert right now because I'm just so frantically washing them at all times. I hope we're not all obsessive compulsives hereafter, but we're going to be there's going to be a dose of it. We're all yeah. going to be a dose OCD when this thing is over. No doubt. Um, look, I think what we are going to learn from this is just the strength of humans
0: mm-hmm. that
1: even in a time where there's so much tragedy like we mentioned earlier yeah even in a time where there's so much economic dislocation and you know I feel terrible there are there's going to be a real economic reordering here and some people it's going to hurt and you know that that's going to be tough um even in a time where governments You know, don't always function like we would ask them to function in the time of crisis. I mean, you'd go through that. That we are seeing the strength of what people can really achieve. Um, I. I, you know, it, I have gotten addicted to watching these like corny YouTube things like, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if you've watched this thing called Some Good News, which this guy, John Krasinski oh, yeah. from The Office yep. is yep. doing.
0: I did hear about that and saw it. Yeah. You've
1: got to watch it. Yeah. When we close here, watch watch episode two in particular. And just seeing the, the hearts of people as yeah. they try to help others, you know, what teachers are doing, what firefighters, nurses, doctors. I think this is going to change us and we will learn that I think there one should have even more faith than ever before in, in humans and their ability to do good and their ability to make it through bad. I, I think that's going to be strong. Specific to us at Amphenol, I think we are reaffirming all the things that I have said for so long are important to our company. Mm-hmm. The culture, the Amphenolian culture, you know, agile and disciplined. that You cannot ask for a, a time where that's more at a premium. Mm-hmm. Driven and ethical. Again, how critical is that? Focused and visionary. Right. Th- these are just uh, extraordinary traits. And, you know, the, at the end, I always say, you know, Amphalians are accountable, passionate and, and brave. Talk about the courage that we are seeing among our people right now, especially those who can only do their jobs at their workplace. These are heroes inside of Amphenol, the ones who are going every day to the factory, making the pressure sensor that with without which that ventilator cannot go and save a life. I mean, it's extraordinary. The work that our team is doing in the datacom world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I was talking to some customers yesterday and, you know, we used to say, well, our high speed products and, you know, Bill Doherty and his team, Jean-Luc Gavel and his team. You know, we we make these wonderful high speed products which help Netflix to be better or or (laughs) allow our kids to play video games. I mean, now kids don't get an education without our high speed product. Yeah, that's true. I mean, think of the purpose and the passion that goes into what we are now doing we when you're making a high speed cable in one of our factories and you're sitting there with mask on and gloves on and spaced you know 6 feet apart from your nearest peer and not able to eat because you can't give them food in the cafeteria and you have to you know eat in a box lunch and all these these things and get your temperature checked and do that you're making a cable so a kid can get educated yeah i mean that's that's pretty hardcore i mean our we make all these products that go into tablet computers well, when people are in the hospital now, their family can't visit them. So hospitals are ordering millions of tablet computers so that people can FaceTime with their loved ones, and sometimes it's the last time they're going to see them. Yeah. And I mean, we make tablet computers so you can play games and words with friends before. Yeah. Now we're making computers so people can bid their last wish, their their last regards to a loved one. Yeah. I mean, this is a big deal. Yeah. And I, I think. We will never forget the importance of what we do as a company. Yeah. You know, we we make products, small products, that may not seem to an outsider to be such a big deal. But we know inside of this company what we do is so critical. We've always known that in your division, in the military division, we're keeping fighter pilots safe, war fighters secure, countries safe. But every one of the things we're making today is having a level of impact far beyond what I think we ever would have imagined. And I think that's something we're not going to forget about in the future.
0: No, I think we should all certainly be immensely proud of that. Finally, other than wash your hands often, stay six feet apart from one another, wear a mask when you're out in public and at work, what are some of the the, the pieces of wisdom and things you'd like to say, not only to our Amphenol employees around the world, but their families, their friends, um, and anyone else who will listen to this?
1: Well, look, I, I will repeat what you said, because number one is stay safe. This is a, a dangerous virus. And while some people who get it don't get sick, and while some people who get it get a mild version, it is a serious virus. And I can tell you, I spent an hour on the phone with a close friend who almost died from it. Mm-hmm. And it is a tough one. So. Number one is don't get it. And that means stay safe. Use your mask. Use your gloves. I don't go to a grocery store without a mask, a gloves, a bottle of hand sanitizer. I spray down everything that I take from the store. I mean, I'm pretty neurotic about it, but I think that neuroticism is not bad right now. And for those of you who have to do your jobs at the workplace around the world, also stay and let us know if there's more we can do to help you be safe. We've been so impressed with the, the dialogue we've had with our people. We're going to do everything humanly possible to keep our people safe. And for those of you who have to be there because we, we're we doing such a critical job for the world, we're going to keep ratcheting that up as best we can. You should let us know. Look, beyond the hygiene and the safety, you know this will pass one day. And I just want to encourage everybody to take some advantage of this situation. You know, I started last week, I picked up a guitar for the first time in many years, (laughs) and I'm watching YouTube videos to teach me how to play a few songs on guitar. Right. Wonderful. We played, we had a family movie night last night. We're playing a game once in a while, do a puzzle. I don't know if you've heard puzzles are sold out around the world, apparently.
0: Yeah, I did.
1: Um, You know, something that you think have always wanted to do, but you've just never had the time or you got sidetracked and didn't do it. Think about doing that thing right now. You know, some hobby or, you know, you want to learn a language or something. I mean, I I think there are so many wonderful things that could be opportunities for people to be able to look back and say, boy, I really made the best of that situation, which, you know, in its totality may have been a difficult situation, but where you can take out of that some ex- extraordinary positives. And the way the human mind works over time is we tend to forget the bad stuff and we remember the good stuff. And that's kind of the wonderful self-preservation right. tool that the human mind has. And I think we will all one day look back on this and, and say that that was all right. We, we did it okay. And I'm glad, and I'm stronger because of it. Yeah. I forged deeper ties with people who are important to me because of that. I've, I've read a new book, I became smarter because of it. I learned to juggle, I learned a song on guitar. I mean, you name it, there's so many things one can do. And my, my advice is to just embrace that. Embrace the reality of what it is, because it is what it is, and make the best of it. And we're gonna come out of this stronger than ever before, Chris.
0: Well, Adam, uh, all joking aside from the beginning of this conversation about you being bored and nothing to do, I know you have a tremendous amount to do, and I cannot thank you enough for taking the time. To talk to me, and so we get to share this story with everyone um, around the company and anyone else who will listen to this podcast. Um, uh, again, I can't thank you enough. I wish the best for you and your family as well, and I very much look forward to you and I seeing each other in person again the next time.
1: <laughs> well, Chris, no one looks forward to that moment more than me. That's <laughs> you know, you didn't ask me what I missed the most. That's And I'll, true. Tell you what I, yeah. I'll tell you what I miss the most. I miss shaking the hand yeah. of the people in this company, seeing them face to face, putting my hand on their shoulder, sitting with them around the table filled with food. Those are the things that I miss the most and what I look forward to more than anything going forward. And for you personally, Chris, take care. Tell especially your daughter, Chelsea, that she's doing real heroes work for us and tell her to be careful. And we look forward to seeing you and everybody else around the company in person when we get through this and get through this. We will indeed. Thank you very much.